My name is Officer Michael Fanone, and I work at CNN. <laughs> yes, Michael Fanone. Remember one of those cops, those uh, crisis actors, whatever they were? They stood up and they tried to besmirch anybody who ever voted for Donald Trump. He is no joke, no longer a cop. He's working for CNN. Uh, their media guy tweeted this. A CNN rep confirms that Michael Fanone will start as an on-air contributor in January. Well, we know that Fanone actually knows how to do television. I mean, talk about a drama queen and drama plays on television sometimes. I feel like I went to hell and back to protect them and the people in this room. But too many are now telling me that hell doesn't exist or that hell actually wasn't that bad. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. All right, let me try this. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. I'm gonna try this with the bosses. I mean, look, he's a political guy. He's one of the few cops they could find who actually didn't like Trump. And boy, oh boy, did they exploit the hell out of him. Now he was along for the ride. He was exploited and he was also in it for himself. Right now, one of those parties has a cancer and we gotta cut it out. The individuals in the crowd that, um, you know, that helped me uh, or, or tried to offer some assistance. Uh, and I, I think kind of the conclusion I've come to is like, you know, thank you, but f you for being there. Cops aren't supposed to speak like this when they're active duty cops. He was working for the Metropolitan Police Department when he was saying this stuff. Totally political, totally, totally inappropriate. And a large part of it really seemed very, very dishonest, even how he characterized what happened to him that day. Now, you're going to see footage from a recent HBO documentary. Look closely. You'll see Fanone awake. He says he's unconscious. You'll also see some of the protesters actually helping the guy. I remember looking down and seeing this crowd, like, attacking Mike and... Somebody from the crowd was dragging him up toward me. And I remember grabbing him and pulling him back behind me. And then once I knew that other officers were pulling him back, I turned back around to make sure nobody else was like following him. I mean, he was completely unconscious. Okay, we just saw he wasn't completely unconscious. We also saw that he was being pushed. He wasn't being dragged. Look, they're trying to exploit this for political reasons, and I do believe Fanon himself was exploiting this. He talked about his injuries that he sustained. What happened afterwards is much less vivid. I had been beaten unconscious and remained so for more than four minutes. I know that Jimmy helped to evacuate me from the building and drove me to MedStar Washington Hospital Center, despite suffering significant injuries himself. At the hospital, doctors told me that I had suffered a heart attack, and I was later diagnosed with a concussion, a traumatic brain injury, and post-traumatic stress disorder. Wow, a brain injury, concussion, heart attack. How is it that he's back on duty nine days later? This is nine days later after January 6th when they made him available to the media 
to slam Trump supporters and to totally mischaracterize what happened that day. He was back at work for the swamp. And I guess he'll be working for the swamp for a long time. He's a CNN contributor. I just hope they took away his gun and badge because he doesn't deserve them. All right, on to Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin is my kind of Democrat, quite frankly. He said no to Joe Biden and that big build back better monstrosity. And boy, oh boy, the swamp is mad at him for this. I can't vote for it. And I cannot vote to continue with this piece of legislation. I just can't. I've tried everything humanly possible. I can't get there. You're done. This is, this is a no. This is a no on this legislation. And why did he say no? I think this is a rule of thumb that every lawmaker should use. Can you explain it to your constituents? And if you can't, what do you do? Senator Manchin, please. If I can't go home and explain it to the people of West Virginia, I can't vote for it. I like it. I like it. So much of government, I believe, is unnecessary. Our founding fathers never wanted it to be this this swampy, this huge. But what he said right there, even Republicans, so-called Republicans, are saying that this is a, a threat to democracy. Jennifer Rubin, who actually passes as a conservative at the Washington Post, if Manchin is no on both BBB, Build Back Better, and voting, Biden is done, okay? Democracy is hanging by a thread. Hard to think of anyone more destructive. Wow. All right. The more they don't like him, the more I like him because Joe has a very simplistic and overly optimistic view of what the government can do. This is a guy clearly who's never been in business, you know, starting his own business or anything like that. He has no idea. None. We learned there's no difference between a black entrepreneur and a white entrepreneur in success, except the black entrepreneur usually doesn't have a lawyer. Usually doesn't have someone who is going to be there, an accountant, to get it all set up. Their idea is as profound. But the help is missing. And the help is going to come from the government. We'll get you a lawyer. We'll get you an accountant. We'll get you... No, he's never dealt with the government. Have you ever tried? Have you ever, ever tried? It is ludicrous. If you can actually make it through all of their hurdles and all of their obstacles to get a government lawyer for something through some new program, you're probably good enough to um, get your own lawyer, quite frankly. You're rich enough. If you need a government program to pay your rent, you're probably clever enough to buy the building yourself. Joe will never understand this. Nevertheless, this was a pretty big political loss for him. Back in Washington, uh, what did he do? Did he take charge? Did he say, we're going to make it through this? No. His, uh, his reaction to the Joe Manchin curveball was as follows. Are you going to reach out to Senator Manchin? Reach out to Senator Manchin today. He looks so lonely and pathetic. How about an entourage, something behind him, just walking alone, an old man in a park? Pretty pathetic. So, 
How about Kamala filling the void? Kamala Harris, she's, uh, she's been underutilized. Let's check in on her. Uh, it's not pretty. I want to know who's the real president of this country. Is it, Bi is it Joe Biden or Joe Manchin? I'm sorry, I just want to interrupt and I'm sick of the vice president to hear you. It's Simone. I'm so sorry, Charlie. We she, she can hear me. <laughs> can you hear me now? Can you hear me, Madam okay, Vice President? Oh, so I'm sorry. You got a rap. Oh. So I'm, I'm sorry happened. to interrupt. They're acting like they can't hear me. Y'all see that? <laughs> I can hear you. Oh, so who's the real? So who's the real president of this country? Is it Joe Manchin or Joe Biden, Madam Vice President? Come on, Charlemagne. I really. Come on. I, it's Joe Biden. I can't no, tell. No, no, sometimes. no, 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 no. It's Joe Biden, and don't start talking like a Republican about asking whether or not he's president. Do you think Joe Manchin and, is and a problem? It's Joe and, it's Joe and it's Joe Biden, and I'm vice president, and my name is Kamala Harris. <laughs> Just, this is a professional politician? This is not hard. She, there's a million ways to handle this with grace and dignity. I'm Kamala Harris. So, uh, by the way, they're talking to Charlemagne, and uh, he's great, this guy. He's very, very popular. They have no respect. Hey, maybe Charlemagne's a Republican. Who knows? They seem to be making assumptions about Charlemagne. And Joe Biden, ooh, he made one hell of, a, of an assumption not too long ago. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. I a, will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. <laughs> Are you a Republican? Are you black? <laughs> this is, they don't have respect for people. They don't have respect for people. In the meantime, all right, time to talk about Omicron. Uh, I am kind of done with all this stuff. Are you? Who can keep up? They've confused us. They've lied to us at times. And now they want to scare it all over again. I'm not falling for it. Tonight, the rapidly spreading Omicron variant leading to new cancellations and closures with Christmas just days away. Omicron is coming. It is soon to be the dominant variant here. Winter warning. The fight against COVID taking a turn for the worse. And case numbers reaching record highs as the fast spreading Omicron variant takes hold. Phew. I'm not saying it's not real. I will say, though, that I, I know this is official, that Omicron is not as severe as uh, COVID, the first version. They don't want to tell us that very often. Uh, and now we've got people showing up at these testing facilities. Some have been told by their employers. Some are freaking out because, well, the mainstream media wants them to freak out. You see these people in cars and here in New York, people online. Again, sometimes they need it for travel, if they're going to Europe, or their employer has told them so. But all of this, and we are almost a year into Joe Biden's uh, administration. Do you remember his solemn promise? I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'll shut down the virus, not the economy. I'm going to shut down the virus. Once we shut down the virus, I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm not going to shut down the country, but I'm going to shut down the virus. Yeah, somebody came up with a good line, sounded good. He said it. That's what he's done his entire life. It's not about results. It's about saying stuff that... You think that people want to hear. Now that he clearly has not shut it down, cannot shut it down, um, what does the administration say about that? 
The president talked in the past about ending COVID, uh, but experts certainly seem to say that COVID may be here to stay uh, much longer than that. Does, does the president share those views, and will that be discussed uh, tomorrow in any way? Uh, again, we're, we're still finalizing the speech, so I can only really give you an, a preview of, of what we know to date, which is what I've already outlined here. Understand that certainly is a question out there and what it looks like, and we will continue to consult with our health and medical experts Does on that. Does the president still feel like COVID can be ended? Uh, his objective is to continue continue to uh, make vaccines available, reduce cases around the country, reduce hospitalizations and deaths across the country, uh, and do that through making uh, vaccines, testing, and a range of uh, utilities available. Make stuff available. That sounds very uh, modest compared to shut it down. I'm going to shut it down. Hey, can I ask politicians to stop doing this? I really don't know the last time Elizabeth Warren or Cory Booker got a cold, and I don't need to know that they are now COVID positive. I just get over it. Uh, do your own thing. It's not some sort of public service. And by the way, their jobs aren't that crucial. Dr. Fauci, I put a lot of this on you. You have been confusing the public since the very, very beginning, and you continued to do it yesterday on all of the talk shows. If he were a serious person, he'd be talking more about the border. You know, they're bringing in all kinds of things. Clearly, you can't. They're not testing anybody here. They're not giving out the vaccine. We still have a crisis. The fake news has gotten tired of talking about it. So they've just moved on. Um, it's quite a shame. And also, I think it's probably pretty sinister. There are bad things going on with this administration and bad things going on in the country that no one's talking about either. Um, drug deaths are at an all-time high. Uh, white people, black people, all kinds of people um, overdosing on fentanyl. A new statistic out from a, uh, using government statistics, the Families Against Fentanyl uh, offered us this, over 65,000 deaths in 2020, leading cause of death for ages 18 to 45. And look at all those drugs seized at the border. The border, the border. There was a time when securing our border, everybody wanted to do that. I mean, everybody. The bill before us will certainly do some good. It will authorize some badly needed funding for better fences and better security along our borders. Secure our borders with technology, personnel, uh, physical barriers if necessary. Construction of a 630-mile border fence create a significant barrier to illegal immigration on our southern land border. Democrats, Demo what changed? <laughs> why, why now is it considered racist to want to enforce the border? You know, Barack Obama, actually, you saw him in that clip. There was a time before he became president where he was not crazy and not a total leftist. In his own book, which he published as a senator, The Audacity of Hope, he said, when I see Mexican flags waved at pro-immigration demonstrations, I sometimes feel a flush of patriotic resentment. Huh. Now, when I'm forced to use a translator to communicate with the guy fixing my car, I feel a certain frustration. Donald Trump, if he said that at a rally, <laughs> racist. Actually, those sentiments are totally, totally understandable, totally understandable. So want to wrap up this portion of the show with uh, another falsehood from the president of the United States about people like us, people 
who might support President Trump, people who did not vote for Joe Biden. As Democrats, we know what we're for, or Republicans don't seem to be for anything. Name me something they are for. They're against everything. How about strong defense, strong borders, opportunity, not losing wars, huh? And we're for law enforcement big time, which fortunately, again, does not include Officer Michael Fanone. I feel like I went to hell and back to protect them and the people in this room. But too many are now telling me that hell doesn't exist or that hell actually wasn't that bad. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. And I'm glad he's no longer a cop. He can waste their time over at CNN. We'll be right back. Bill O'Reilly has been hosting Donald Trump at these massive arenas. Very interesting conversations that the fake news has been lying about. We'll be right back. There's a dangerous movement taking place in America, dismantling democracy, destroying our economy, stripping our freedom. Sean Spicer brings you an all-new book revealing Biden's dangerous plans for America. Radical Nation exposes the plan to turn America into a socialist nation and what you can do to stop them. President Trump says if you want to save America, you must read this book. Get your free copy with this special offer. Go online or call the number on your screen. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? All right. It was good to see POTUS interviewed by Maria Bartiromo. I found it so refreshing. We all know what China did. We all know that Joe Biden could be compromised because of all Hunter's dealings with China. But nobody says it in the mainstream. They don't say it. Trump says it. Joe Biden still has not brought up the origins of COVID no, to Xi Jinping. Well, they spoke four times this year. Why do you think that is? Because he's afraid of them. And I think he's afraid of the fact that they gave billions of dollars to his son. And they so they have something out. on him. Yeah, of course they do. Of course they do. <laughs> we can all kind of see that. Hey, uh, President Trump was actually on the road with Bill O'Reilly this weekend as well. Have you heard about this? They're... Uh, holding interviews in front of huge audiences, selling out stadiums all over the place. And uh, he had a few things to say about the vaccine. We should be proud of it. We got a vaccine done in less than nine months that was supposed to take from five to 12 years. Because of that vaccine, because of that vaccine, millions and millions of people, I think this would have been the Spanish flu of 1917, where up to 100 million people died. This was going to ravage the country far beyond what it is right now. Take credit for it. Take credit for it. It's a great, what we've done is historic. Don't let them take it away. Don't take it away from ourselves. You're playing that, you're playing right into their hands when you sort of like, oh, the vaccine. If you don't want to take it, you shouldn't be forced to take it. No mandates, but take credit because we saved tens of millions of lives. All right. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Good to see him again. Look, clearly he's running. It seems that way to me. Oh, what about the booster? And as for his vaccination status, uh, here's O'Reilly again with the president. Both the president and I are vaxxed. And uh, did you get the booster? 
Yes. I got it too. Okay, so. Um, oh, don't, 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 no, no. That's all. There's a very tiny group over there. Uh, I think I'm going to get boosted. That actually helped. <laughs> it actually did. Um, anyway, no mandates, and I'm not going to ask anybody for their vaccination status, but I told you. I know nobody, not everybody likes that, but uh, it is what it is. In the meantime, ooh, the swamp gets swampier. This is just vintage swamp, huh? Have you ever heard of Alyssa Farah? Maybe not, uh, but she was a uh, communications aide in the Trump White House, clearly out for herself. All right. That was her reputation. But when she left the Trump White House, she put out a tweet. I think she was fired, by the way. She left in December. It's been the honor of a lifetime to serve in the Trump administration over the last three and a half years. All right. But she, you know, December, not till January 20th. That's OK. Uh, ah, This is why she left. This is what she's all about. OK, her own future in the swamp. I believe that's why she said this. Okay. Just to be clear, you would feel safer today if President Trump resigned and Mike President, uh, Vice President Mike Pence took over. I would. Yeah, she came out uh, totally in favor of his resignation, telling him to resign. And that scored her big points in the swamp. And ultimately, it worked out for her, for her and her selfish ambition, because she is officially a CNN political commentator. All right. That means that she is paid, not just a guest. She's paid. Another story in the news that um, makes me sad, actually. Uh, the shooting up in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. Remember this? Officer Kim Potter, Dante Wright. This was an accident. This uh, young man should not have died. He also should not have run from the cops. Dante Wright was very fond of firearms and uh, crime, it looks like, and he ran from the cops. Maybe, maybe encouraged to do so by the media. It's a very sad case. Potter is now on trial for manslaughter. I think the jury has the case at this point. And, you know, she was very emotional uh, at the trial. Look at how they look at the skepticism uh, displayed by the CNN. I'm sorry, the MSNBC hosts. Run down the street and try to save Dante Wright's life. Did you? No. So, Ellie, we have this officer testifying this week. We've all been able to see uh, the testimony on screens. The criminal justice system is very unforgiving and does not value or prioritize black lives in this country. Dante Wright was presumed guilty when he was pulled over. He lost his life. That's how it's supposed to work in this country. Like, you you, 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 you are racist. You you kill somebody. Um, and then it's like, oh, I'm, I'm very sorry that I hate Negroes so much. Oh, like, that's, like, I, I don't think that that's how it should work in this country. Yeah, just horrible hate, really. That's just hatred right there. She wasn't crying for effect, by the way. Here she is, right after she shot that young man, all right? She was devastated. I don't know how she could have ran down uh, a mile away to find the car that Dante Wright had driven uh, to render CPR in her condition. So... Anyway, terrible, terrible case. Cops are under siege and they are being harassed. They are being tormented. People are trying to catch them all the time. People used to help the cops. Now they break out their phones, try to catch them doing something, try to make. So it's tough. And guess what? A lot of them have had enough. They're quitting here in New York. We've never seen anything like this. You know, they're quitting a job that's predictable with a steady paycheck, but they have had enough. 
all right? They're not being backed up by the political leadership, by the media, and so many are calling it quits. 10,000 expected to quit next year. Uh, these numbers are incredibly high. And uh, by the way, when politicians get involved, they always screw it up. I want to show you this again. Joe Biden speaking to a South Carolina State University, offering some thoughts on how cops should do their jobs. Now, when somebody tries to commit suicide by jumping off a building, it's potentially a very dangerous situation, not only for the person, for the people on the ground, for anybody who goes up there trying to talk the person out of it. But Joe has a better idea. Why is a police officer showing up to the suicide threat, someone trying to jump off a building? We need more social workers there. What a dummy. You know, this is a guy, again, his entire adult life spent in that chamber, the Senate, and in Delaware, and on special VIP plane rides. He doesn't know anything. He literally doesn't know anything. Now, cops are trained, actually, to deal with suicide situations, and they do a very good job. And, you know, it's not just talking the guy off the ledge. You know, maybe the guy does change his mind. And then what? Maybe he went too far. You need ropes. You need pulleys. You need, you need equipment. You need cops. You need cops. Social workers can't and won't hang off the side of a bridge. Joe, keep your crazy and silly ideas to yourself, okay? Now, meanwhile, Joe's Justice Department came out with something. Sounds good at first glance, huh? Justice Department will award $1.6 billion to reduce violent crime and strengthen communities. Well, the strengthen communities, that's where it gets uh, political. That's where it turns into uh, walk around money, okay? That's where it turns into something not all about law and order. Take a look. Improve the nation's capacity to prevent and reduce crime, advance racial equity in the administration of justice, assist victims, and enhance, enhance the rule of law. What does that actually mean? Invest in our neighborhoods, building bonds of civic trust and ending the cycle of trauma and violence that destroys too many lives and keeps far too many Americans from realizing their potential. This sounds a lot like looking for the root causes. All right. Um, this is all about reelection. Uh, trust me. Meanwhile, that swimmer at the uh, University of Pennsylvania. Now, this is a guy who became a woman, transgender, right? Good for that person if that's what they wanted to do. But this is kind of getting ridiculous. As we can all see, she is dominating the sport of swimming because she was prior. <laughs> she used to be a man. I mean, clearly, that's what's going on here. Uh, I can't tell which lane she's in. Ah, there she is. She's the one. She's beating everybody else. And she laps them like six times. So, um... There's a new gay channel. Did you know this? Gay news. It's called NBC Out. NBC Out is the LGBTQ section of NBC News. We write and produce content about of interest, about and of interest to the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer community. And um, this is what they said about all this. Leah had to meet certain standards to compete on the women's team, which are enforced by the NCAA. What are those rules? How do they compare to other major sports governing bodies like the Olympics Committee? 
Yeah, the NCAA requires trans women athletes to undergo at least one year of testosterone suppression treatment in order to compete on the women's team. And Leah, when she began competing in November at the start of the season, had completed about two and a half years. I didn't know that. Did you? They take two and a half years of anti-testosterone treatment. That doesn't sound healthy. Uh, I, I, she shouldn't be playing the sport, clearly. And this whole thing has got to be rethought. I think NBC out should talk about the safety and, uh, of, uh, gosh, two and a half years anti-testosterone. It's crazy. And it's been universally embraced by mainstream America without sufficient thought. We'll be right back. FBI still hassling anybody who looked at the Capitol on January 6th, including the guy from this cartoon, Bob's Burger. Be right back. You're on the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. My name's Renee, and I'm the programs manager for the Little Lion Foundation. Trooper was dumped at a spay and neuter truck without being able to use his back legs. Thanks to Cuddly, Trooper had an overwhelming show of support from the community and received the resources that he needed. Today, Trooper is still weak in the legs, but he can use them and he's getting better every day. To support your local animal rescue, visit Cuddly.com. Save the furry friend in need with Cuddly. Oh, they're messing with the wrong guy. You know, prosecutors all over the country, especially here in New York, have been hassling President Trump over everything, desperately looking for a crime. And Donald Trump is firing back. He's suing the attorney general of the state of New York, Letitia James. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to say advantage Trump at this point. Lawsuit was, uh, I believe, filed today in federal court. Take a look at this statement, please. Uh, tell Letitia that she is not dealing with the Cuomo brothers, a corrupt governor in a corrupt state, including your office and others, and Fredo, who did the governor's dirty work for him. You are nothing but a corrupt official doing the dirty work of your party. You should not be in office. This could well be the reason you were just rejected by the people of New York in your inept run for governor. You didn't quit for a higher purpose. You quit because your poll numbers were atrocious. Wow. <laughs> Alina Haba joins us now. She is the attorney, one of the attorneys for President Trump involved in this lawsuit. Uh, uh, welcome, Alina Haba. And that was one hell of a statement. Welcome to Newsmax. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm great. All right. So take us through it. Um, I know he's suing. He says that uh, Letitia James has gone too far. What specifically? How are you handling this legally? What's the game plan? What are you alleging? Well, I think this is a really important part of the lawsuit. It is a constitutional violation of his rights, First Amendment rights, 14th Amendment. She has weaponized the attorney general's office and used Donald J. Trump, his family, and in her words, anybody in his orbit, to go on the attack, not because she's the attorney general, but because she is a Democrat. And that is just not the way our country works. And it has to stop. 
You know, she made her intentions very clear even before she became a New York State Attorney General. When she's running, she's saying, I'm going to get Trump. I'm going to get Trump. I'm going to do it for you. It was a campaign promise before right. she actually knew anything. Actually, uh, we have a little mashup of uh, some of her highlights, both before she became Attorney General and after. Take a look, please. I say one name, Donald Trump. That should motivate you. Get off your ass, boo. Will you, will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. He's going to know my name personally. Running for attorney general because I will never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president when our fundamental rights are at stake. We need to focus on Donald Trump and his abuses. We need to follow his money. We need to find out where he's laundered money. All of those transactions have happened here in New York City. Wow. I mean, look, uh, I'm not the lawyer. You are. <laughs> those statements seem like something the Bar Association would be worried about. Uh, it sounds like a personal oh, vendetta. Oh, yeah. um, are those are you citing those in your lawsuit? Can you use those uh, comments against her? Oh, I'm going to use whatever we need against her. It is enough. And I think the Republicans, it's not even just Republicans, it's the American people cannot allow anybody to sit as the attorney general, who is the strongest attorney in New York state, while your state, by the way, is completely falling apart, and attack somebody just because you don't like his politics. It's going to stop. And as she said, I mean, the sickness, I go to sleep every day and anybody in his orbit, that's not okay. That is not our country. It's yeah. not our country. And she shouldn't practice law, frankly, in my opinion. Uh, from the lawsuit, we, uh, we have it. We have a portion of it. I'd like to put it up on the screen. And uh, her mission is guided solely by political animus and a desire to harass, intimidate, and retaliate against a private citizen who she views as a political opponent. I believe you've got her there. Uh, but tell me about this. I mean, is there precedence for this? Uh, you don't hear about this every day. A private citizen, which Donald Trump is, suing a state official. Uh, has this been done before? I mean, like this, an attorney general for for uh, prosecutorial harassment or whatever you however you term it. Right. 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 The constitutional violations. It actually has been done before. Um, there is an Exxon case currently pending in the Second Circuit on appeal. And in that case, you know, there was an, it was Schneiderman, ironically. And, uh, you know, he went up, he said he was going to go after Exxon for um, basically how they are not doing anything positive for the earth and et cetera, et cetera. And the judge actually, you know, in that case, it's on appeal because the judge actually said, look, I'm not disagreeing with you that this was politically motivated, but it only happened once. Well, we've got Letitia James, who literally is is obsessed with Trump, his family, to the point that she'll go after Eric Trump and his charitable donations, which he's done some really good things. I mean, there is precedent. We are going to win. And this is uh, it's not OK for any human being, let alone uh, President Trump and his family. I remember that with the charity. It was so unfair what they did. And as you know, every yeah. penny of uh, the money Eric raised was accounted for appropriately and went to St. Jude's, I believe right. it was. And uh, right. that was incredibly offensive, how she politicized that. Uh, this is, well, I wish you luck. I'm allowed to say that. This is an opinion show. Alina Haba, attorney Thank for you. President Trump. Uh, good luck with this lawsuit. Please Thank come you, back. Greg. Keep us posted. You bet. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. We'll be right back. News breaks every minute, every day. 
You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. Who's the opposite? Do you want your house back? Take it! January 6th. You know, so much is going on in the world. Drugs coming in from the southern border. Terrorists coming in from the southern border. Yet the top priority for the FBI, at least on its social media profile, continues to be January 6th. The number one tweet, the number one tweet, the pinned tweet. So when you go to their webpage, this is what you see, that the FBI is seeking information regarding people who committed violence at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Yeah, you know, so am I. I want more information about Lieutenant Michael Byrd, who, of course, killed Ashley Babbitt, even though she was unarmed. But anyway, they're looking for people who even looked at the Capitol building that day, including this guy. Uh, this image has been all over the place on FBI Most Wanted lists. And, uh, well, they figured out who it is, apparently. An actor by the name of Jay Johnston, who had a big role on a show called Bob's Burgers. I've heard of it, never saw it. It's one of those, uh, I think it's a Simpsons spinoff on, uh, on Fox. He voiced it. Very accomplished actor and comedian, by the way. He's been fired. He has been fired from that job because, uh, well, because he was there on January 6th. Hasn't been arrested, actually. It's very puzzling. Why don't they leave him alone? Why don't they leave people alone? The FBI would be much better off, I believe, finding out everything that happened to Ashley Babbitt and not leaving it to the Capitol Hill Police Department to investigate itself with a rubber stamp from the Justice Department, the Biden Justice Department. All right. Also on January 6th, the fake news. They love to call it an insurrection. That's a lie. An armed insurrection. That's another lie. And uh, they think these text messages that were displayed last week from Mark Meadows that somehow this is the worst thing ever. I don't see it that way. But we go to yesterday's um, fake news this week with the fake news featuring John Carl and Adam Kinzinger. There are also text messages, and I assume you have more, but the, the text messages that you released from your colleagues, from your Republican colleagues uh, on January 6th, and as you said, before January 6th, that look pretty damning. Do you think that some of your Republican colleagues bear direct responsibility for that riot. I think that's why we have to look at the Electoral Count Act and, and say, look, if there's people that know the technicality of this and how to win against the will of the people, something is wrong that we have to change on that. No, that's not wrong, actually. The will of the people part, ignore that for a moment. We all want to do the will of the people. Arguing the technicality of the Electoral Count Act of 1887, that's what members of Congress do. They debate the nuances of the law. And there was a provision, many of us believe, that this could have been, the electoral results could have been debated, possibly could have been sent back to the state capitals. That's in there, and that's why you have a Congress, though. Maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe it's debatable. Yeah, have a debate. It was okay when the Democrats wanted to have a debate back in 2017. This is a procedure under that act that Kinzinger said that they got to rethink. Take it away, Jamie. Uh, I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified. Is the objection in writing and signed not only by the member of the House of Representatives, but also by a senator? 
is in writing, Mr. President. Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yet, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained. You're allowed to debate this stuff. That's what Congress is for. All right. Be right back. The reaction of the, in the world of college sports has been really mixed. There are some folks who don't believe Thomas should be allowed to compete on the women's team at all because she went through male puberty. Others say that the rules that she's competing under should be made more strict. And then there are those who have defended her who say that those rules are completely reasonable and that this entire debate is really just the result of a few people who are upset that a trans woman has won something at all. Okay, uh, as for me, <laughs> I'm not upset that a trans uh, woman uh, won anything as long as she's competing against other trans women. But you know the story by now. Leah Thomas on the right used to be a guy named Will, and now she, she is a champion swimmer breaking all kinds of records. It seems ludicrous, but it's continuing with the support of the university. I'd like to bring in Terry Schilling, he is the president of the American Principles Project, a pro-family advocacy group, and also Curtis Houck, managing editor of Newsbusters. Uh, first to you, Terry Schilling, um, you heard what the reporter said. Uh, you think this is a reaction because people don't want to see transgender individuals win anything. No, absolutely not. This is a travesty because it's unfair. We all know and would have known for the history of mankind that men have an unfair advantage over women when it comes to sports. Uh, I think the thing that's really upsetting, though, if you, if you look at his times in the 500-yard freestyle and the 1,000-yard and the, even the 1,600-yard uh, um, uh, freestyle, he is beating Katie Ledecky's records, right? Katie Ledecky is the fastest swim in the world, and he is beating her records. So the question is, why isn't Katie Ledecky speaking out? Why isn't Michael Phelps speaking out? This is egregious. It's unfair. It's obvious. And if they don't speak out, this is going to be the end of women's sports soon. That's actually a really good question. Why aren't we hearing from prominent swimmers? Curtis Houck, I was surprised to hear this report on something called NBC Now. I hadn't heard about it before. I'm sorry, NBC Out, NBC Out. It is on its website, the LGBTQ section of NBC News. I didn't know they had one. We write and produce content about and of interest to the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer community. Uh, as a media critic, uh, were you aware of NBC Out and what's it all about? Yeah, Greg, they have sections for just about everything at NBC News. They have NBC Black, spelled B-L-K. They have a NBC Better section, an NBC Think section, an Asian American section. It goes on and on and on. But I was interested to see coverage on their streaming platform, NBC News Now, because looking at the trying to find coverage of Thomas's records, you're not really seeing it, which is kind of surprising. I mean, just before I came on here, I looked just the first, you know, couple dozen Google search results. The only mainstream outlet that had a story was People Magazine, and they could throw in the hill. But other than that, it's all conservative media, OutKick, the Daily Mail. They're not receiving, giving adoring coverage to her, which is both somewhat surprising, but also a huge tell to Terry's point about Maybe trying to get rid of women's sports is something that they're totally fine with, and they just are willing, not willing to cover because, as we know with the media, sometimes it's the things that aren't being covered that is the most dangerous. Gentlemen, we are uh, unfortunately short on time. Hey, one quick observation. As much as I find NBC out kind of unnecessary and weird, 
the reporter did a very good job <laughs> from you know laying out the issues without opinion. I thought was uh, was kind of refreshing. But we will be following this. Thank you very much, Curtis Hauk and uh, Terry Schilling from the American Principles Project. To be continued, I promise. Thank you. We'll be right back. All right. Thanks a lot. Christmas is almost here. Stinchfield is next. See you tomorrow.